Gonzaga Nation SI, the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. I'm one of your two hosts, Dan Dickow, alongside Adam Morrison. Continuing on Zoom, our schedules haven't aligned as well this year as they did a season ago where we were in person much more. Uh, as you can see, I'm sitting in an empty gym right now here in San Diego, San Diego State game later tonight. But Mo and I, our focus is always talking about what's at hand and what has just happened with the Gonzaga program. And I think when you look back at last week, uh, I think it was a, an opportunity for growth. They go on the road, they beat USF and Santa Clara. Adam and I are here to break down both games. Mo, first off, I guess, how was your weekend? Uh, it was good. Um, obviously, it's much better when Gonzaga goes and gets a road sweep. So uh, it's a great start for league, you know, to go on the road and uh, have an opportunity to kind of uh, position yourself to start leading the pack like they've done in the last 10, you know, 15 years. So it was fun to watch. Too. I, I personally like these type of games better. I think they hold more value for our, our guys uh, down the stretch when you have to make plays under duress and anxiety and, and execute. Um, so it was a fun watch. And uh, obviously, like I said, I'm glad they got the two wins. You used the term road sweep. And when I was growing up in high school, and, and you and I will talk about high school rivalries later in this, this episode, but in high school, you always went on the road talking about just get a win. Right. When I got to college was the first time I heard uh, a coach when I was at UW talk about, let's go get one on the road out of two. And I was always like, why the hell would you only want to get one win? You're playing two games. And then you get to the NBA and it's like, say you're on a five game road trip. They're like, hey, if we can get two of these games on the road, it, it was a good trip. What the heck is that mentality all about? Can you share us a little bit more about your thoughts on going on the road and then just how difficult that USF Santa Clara road sweep was well I think you know last five six years we've had some really tough games at San Francisco and I know people would look back and be like well we've won them all but there's been some you know uh, seven point victories five point victories uh you know with teams that we're you know multiple NBA guys absolutely loaded you know probably huge favorites on the line um so it's just a tough place to play you know the the um style that Kyle Smith um, you know, started with them and then Todd Golden and now the new coach, new staff running the same stuff, dribble, uh, dribble, drive, weave, uh, using their bigs inside. It's always given us problems. And then for some reason, it's hats off to their staff. They always scout us really good when we play them there. Like they always take away our best guy. They did that to Drew Timmy in the uh, San Francisco game. He was three of 16, but they just did a good job of uh, eliminating his easy basket. So um, I knew going in, into the game and this is not just conjecture and me trying to make myself sound good that it was going to be a tough one it was a desperate team that started 0-2 in league you know came off of a 30-point blowout of a ranked team in Arizona State so they were feeling good about themselves and they lose the first two games in conference played uh, extremely desperate um, and I was proud of our guys uh, you know getting a win and finding a way to get a win especially when Drew played bad we've talked about that um, this season, what happens when Drew doesn't play great? And I can, we kind of saw it. We saw a guy step up. Julian had a, a nice game with 15, and then Rashir Bolton had 21 and that huge putback. So I think those type of games hold uh, you know, a lot of value for your club um, down the road. Yeah, I thought Strother was solid. He didn't have any stretches like Bolton had where that last five minutes or so, Bolton just took over. I think he hit three threes in the last five minutes. Two of them were, in, I think, in the final two. And then that putback 
And then he had the composure not to snap back at that that fan on the baseline who was barking in his ear, which was ridiculous. I, I would be interested to see if the USF athletic department kind of withdraws his tickets for that. Do you ever do you remember a fan at any point in particular kind of verbally attacking you like that? Uh, not that close. Um, obviously, you go on the road, and there's times when you know, student sections get a little bit rowdy, but that was, you know, ear to ear or, you know, like right on top of them. And uh, I was kind of disappointed because it was a great atmosphere. It was, you know, obviously these are still kids. You got to, you know, cheer for your team, but they're amateurs. So you, in my opinion, you always, you know, taper off the the vulgarity and, and yeah. uh, so interesting to see. Uh, but, you know, again, it's fun to go play on the road. We've always talked about it, how it's, uh, you know, it's fun for your club to be able to, uh, you know, sneak one out, the the war mentality or whatever they want to use or the bunker mentality. So um, I was just happy for our guys to have a game where, like I said, Drew doesn't play well because of scouting. I thought they scouted them really well. And then we find a way to win. You come to find out that uh, Golden State Warriors had a, a couple of their front office members there, Bob Myers, the GM, Mike Dunleavy. But that's that's normal for a lot of Gonzaga games. They'll they play road games against the big teams in the PK eighty five and some of these other one off events. There's NBA scouts there all the time, but the fact that I think the Warriors front office was closer to the action that maybe guys could see them. Do you think that had any? thing going through anybody's mind and you know for me I always blocked it out what was your approach like yeah I mean you can't really think about that those type of things in my opinion um you know maybe it, it caused our guys to play a little bit tight but also you know if you want to get to that next level you're gonna to have to play you know under anxiety and, and all that stuff so um yeah I'm not really sure to be honest yeah, it's, uh, you know, that being said, Gonzaga gutted out a win, which I, I've said from the start, and, and you've said similar things there. This team is a work in progress. They're going to have to figure out how to win different games. They're going to have to win pretty games. They're going to have to win ugly games. They're going to have to win games on the defensive end, the offensive end, and they're doing all that. And I think it's going to pay off in March uh, and hopefully April. But they had to do something similar the second game of the road trip against Santa Clara. Santa Clara jumped out to a, a double-digit lead as well early in the first half. Drew Timmy played much better, but I think you got a production from a lot of different guys, namely Nolan Hickman, who, you know, has shown growth throughout this year. But at times I've heard the comment from fans that he's not as good as they wanted. And I always say, well, what do you want? What do you expect? They've You've had a pro at that position for the last however many years going back, you know, to Nigel Williams, Goss and Josh Perkins. Yeah, I mean, if you look at numbers um, compared to Nemhards, and I'm not saying that, you know, he's better than Andrew, but Andrew just got a, you know, guaranteed deal as a second round pick, probably 10 plus years in the league and an excellent backup point guard. And I mean that in the nicest way, great position to be in in the NBA, you can earn a lot of money and play for a lot of years. Um, his numbers are similar to what Andrews were last year, which is funny. Two to one assist uh, to turnover ratio. Maybe the field goal percentage is not as quite as um, high as Andrews, but there's games where he's scoring like Andrew was doing. He's flattening defense at the start of the season. The turnover issue was a, a real problem, but like I said, he's got it all the way back to the two to one assist to turnover ratio. And if you're looking at just being solid, he's been that all season long. I mean, 
that those 20 points, eight or nine from downtown or eight or nine from the field, four or five from downtown is really what won that game for us. I mean, Drew ended up seven of 15, but he started, I believe it was one for six. Um, so um, Nolan did an excellent job of just slowing everybody down, continuing to saw wood, continuing to trust the game plan and made big time plays. There hasn't been a game this year, honestly, where I've sat there and go, you know, man, if we had a different point guard, it'd be a lot better. That's not even close yeah. to the case. Quick, he makes the right decision. He makes the right reads. Um, at that position with Drew being inside, you could probably attest to this as a point guard. He's tasked with throwing the ball to Drew, Timmy, and other guys a lot. So sometimes when the scoring is down, if you really think back at the, at the game, he didn't force anything. He let the game mm -hmm. come to him. That's all they're asking him to do, and he'll slowly um, continue to get – better and more productive but I don't sit there honestly and go man if we had a different point guard would be a lot better I think he's been fantastic this year he's growth uh, has been great and like this is kind of his freshman year yes he played last year but did he play meaningful minutes he played eight minutes a game right so to me um, this is kind of his opportunity to continue to grow like I said started the year a little bit shaky on the turnover front has figured that out. And I think he's been fantastic in that Santa Clara game. He showed his, you know, offensive ability for me, you know, eight for nine from the field. And like I said, those four or five and that big three at the end of the game is really uh, solidified it. Yeah. That big three showed a lot of poise, a lot of confidence in yourself because, you know, I was calling the game across the way and I saw coach few where they coming out of the timeout. And from the second, the ball was inbound on the sideline. There was confusion from Strother, from Timmy, and other guys about what they were going to run or what Coach Few had drawn up in, in the timeout. And so that makes you, like, think back, okay, for a point guard, you recognize quickly your team is out of sorts. They didn't take the message from the timeout out onto the floor. You have to make a play with the ball in your hands, and he stepped up and made a big three. Um, and so I agree. I think he's had a really good year. I think he's shown a ton of improvement. He will continue to improve. You know, but it leads me to the question I have, like with with your team and my team, we knew who was getting the last shot. You had the ball in your hands or I had the ball in my hands. This team, because Drew Timmy's a post player, a lot of times it's a little different. Many times you don't have the uh, the, the timing or the spacing to to get into an action to get him the ball. Who would you go to on a consistent basis with this team? Um, I, you know, I. Just going off what you said, you're absolutely right. You know, sometimes it's harder to, to get it to get the ball to a post. Obviously, they confront in those type of situations. But I think, you know, you saw the San Francisco game. They threw it to Drew Timmy. He's going to make something happen, whether it be a double team or foul pressure towards the rim. I'm no, I know he's not a great free throw shooter, but I think you have to run some sort of, you know, screen across action to get him a look, to give him an angle. But he's also good at catching that three and then bouncing down to his spot. So I think um, going to him is the right move. I think probably secondly would be either Rashir or Nolan just for the fact that their ability to create and flatten the defense and get an angle. Obviously, Julian can shoot the ball, but I'm talking if you really have to break a defense down, use your speed or quickness. So it would probably be Drew and then one of the two guards um, that I just mentioned. Yeah, I think going way back in the annals of, of my team, you know, this might find some longtime Gonzaga fans kind of curious about this, but I would have gone to Alex Hernandez. Uh, he had a unbelievable knack for getting his shot off in tight spaces. Um, and he, 
you know how it is when a guy's got a huge butt and he can just bump you and spin off you. That was Alex Fernandez to a T. He could spin off you, find a little angle and a crack to get the ball up. Uh, so that's my scouting report uh, on on my group with Alex getting that nod. Scouting reports are a little different, high school to college. You and I were both last Friday night at a high school game, a rivalry game in Spokane, Mead versus Mount Spokane. Your daughter goes to Mead. My son goes to Mount Spokane. Luckily, they're both able to play varsity at the young age. But um, we don't need to get into the scouting reports on them. But give us a scouting report on what a high school rivalry is like and what it was like for you. Uh, they're obviously fun. I mean – during my time in the GSL, we had, I think, in the three years I played varsity, I think there was eight or nine Division One players. So it was probably when the league was at its best. And I'm not just saying that because it was, you know, the glory days or whatever. But it 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 was a really good league. So there was, uh, you know, rivalries that were built in, obviously with your school just school district, and then we we created some, um, just throughout playing through the years. And those are special times. Those are when you get to play with your, you know. Uh, lifelong friends that probably don't play at the next level and it's you know it's it's still big for me but it's it's big for them too because that's it was their last opportunity to play competitive basketball um, so those atmospheres are fun they do a good job of um, getting the students involved and the spirit is usually pretty good you know what I mean the parents are pretty good about just cheering for your team it's not you know it's one of those rivalries that's positive um, both teams want to win but it, you don't walk out of there feeling like you know, you hate the other side or they're, you know, vulgar or anything like that. You kind of get that in some AU and high school circles of it. You can attest to that. Um, so lots of fun to sit there on the sideline. Took me back. Obviously, we were um, Mount Spokane came into Mead School District two years before I started. So it was a new rivalry and um, it was cool to see, uh, you know, both our kids out there, uh, you know, just hooping in front of a big crowd. Yeah, the big crowd was awesome. I know my son, uh, that's the biggest crowd he had ever played in front of, and I'm sure it was the same with your daughter because uh, both games were packed. You know, my high school rivals, uh, I went to Prairie High School in Vancouver. Our rivals were Battleground High School. So that's the high school where Caden Perry, who's currently on the team, is from. But Richie Fromm, one of the all-time uh, greats from Gonzaga, was at Battleground. He was a year ahead of me. So it was a rivalry where we played against them. I remember my first start as a freshman in high school was at the end of the year against Battleground. And I that, that was maybe as nervous as I've ever been. Packed house as a young kid uh, going up against, uh, you know, a rival opponent. It was a great time. So um, good stuff, Mo. Uh, we will be back shortly to record an episode where we preview the BYU road game. Oddly enough, three road games to start league and then the UP home game. So, Adam, we'll check you out again in just a minute. All right. Thanks.